Well, good morning, everybody. Good to be with you. Special welcome to those watching online and participating that way. Hey, um, this is week four of our series, God's Will for You, and it's the third week of the call to be prayerful people. And so we've been looking at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, which um, reveals part of God's will for each and every one of our lives. And it says this, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And so we established right off the bat that, that God's um, first and foremost desire for us, his will, is for us to be in Christ Jesus, for us to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ, for us to be followers of Jesus. Because if that is not the case, then we can never fully realize God's will for our lives. Because we won't have his presence, the presence of his Holy Spirit living within us. We won't have the promise of eternal life with him, and we won't have his perspective to see things on earth as he sees them. And so that is critical, that it has to begin with a relationship with Jesus. Now, from there, we began by looking at verse 16, and it said, rejoice always. And God's desire for us, his will for us to be joyful people, to be able to rejoice regardless of the situation or the circumstances we find ourselves in. And then we began to look at what is this idea? What does it mean to pray continually? Because that seems impossible, doesn't it? And, and we likened it to Alexa, right? And so you know Alexa. Everybody probably has an Alexa or has experienced Alexa, but you know what I'm talking about. So Alexa is always listening and ready to respond, isn't she? She's always listening and ready to respond. And that's how God is, isn't he? He is always listening and ready to respond. And so for us to pray continually is for us to be always listening and ready to respond to God. Now from there, we wanted to begin to look deeper into prayer and, and the who, the what, where, when, why, and how of prayer. And so we started with the who, trying to figure out, so who should we be directing our prayers to? And we determined that our prayers should only be directed to the one true God. But here's the confusing part of that. So there's one God, but yet he's in three persons, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So who do we pray to? Do we pray to God the Father? Do we pray to Jesus the Son? Do we pray to the Holy Spirit? And, and we landed on this. Don't worry about it. All right. There's one God, three persons. What you say to one, you say to all of them, just pray. Just pray. Don't get caught up in all of that. And then from there, last week, we looked at the what, the where, and the when of prayer. The what, the when, and the where of prayer. And we determined that we're supposed to pray about anything, anywhere, and at any time. Anything, anywhere, and at any time. And so this morning, what we want to focus on is the why. Why should we pray? What is the why of prayer? And then next week, we'll focus on the how. Okay? So... Why should we pray, and why should we pray continually? Well, the simple answer is, it's God's will for you. Why should we pray continually? It's God's will for you. But why is it God's will? Why is it God's will for us to pray and to pray continually? Well, I, I think God wants us to have this intimate relationship with him. I think it has everything to do with our relationships, and it also has to do with revelation. He wants us to pray continually because it has everything to do with relationships and revelation. He wants to have an intimate relationship with us 
He wants to have an intimate relationship with you, and he also wants to reveal his will and his ways to you. So it's all about relationships, and it's about revelation, his desire to reveal his will to you. Now, um, if you look at relationships, and, and I think we all know this, no matter how, how young or old you may be, that one of the, the critical components to a strong, healthy relationship is communication, right? We need to have open, honest, frequent communication with one another if we're going to have a strong relationship, right? So communication is critical. We know that in our personal lives. If you've been in a uh, committed, loving relationship, maybe with a, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a husband, uh, a wife, you understand how important this is, right? I, I remember all the way back in, in ancient times when Carolyn and I started dating. You know, back when phones actually had cords on them and, and social media required a letter, an envelope, and a stamp, all right? Like, that was it. That, I, that's how long ago it was that we started dating. It was April 15th, 1985. Um, we were at JMU. I remember the date so clearly because it was tax day. And uh, that's what I think about, money. The, uh, so anyhow, that's when our relationship began. But three weeks later, we were separated. We were separated because summer had come, and it was time for me to, to go back to Delaware for the summer, and it was time for her to go back to Northern Virginia because that's where she lived. She finished up a May session and went back there, and so we were separated by distance, but we longed to talk to one another. Any, any of you guys ever experienced that separation and you're longing to be with each other and to talk with each other? And so we established a routine, a rhythm, if you will, to talk to each other by calling. Again, um, you didn't have cell phones back in those days. So we would establish a time. And so our time was in the evening, about 7 o'clock, and one of us would call the other because back in those days, you also had to pay for long-distance phone calls. And so we wanted to make sure we were equitable on that. And I, and I remember the days when, when it was my turn to receive the call for her, and I would be watching the clock. And I'm just longing for the phone to ring. And, and so um, it was my mom and my dad and me and my two brothers at the time. And we had one phone. One phone. One phone line, right? And so I would watch it like a hawk. Right? I would make sure that if somebody was on there, they got off. Because Carolyn was calling around 7 o'clock. You know, I, I was so, I was like a dog with a bone. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, am, I am going after this thing. And so I would make sure they got off, and I'd be waiting for the phone to ring. And as soon as the phone rang, I, I, I was on it. Hello? And if it wasn't Carolyn, I quickly dismissed them. <laughs> oh, yeah, they'll have to get back to you. I'm sorry, they're all tied up. You know, what? okay, thanks, bye. Because I was afraid in that moment, Carolyn might have been calling. I may have just missed her call because of those people. Right, And so finally the phone would ring and I would say hello and I would hear her voice on the other line and my heart would sort of skip a beat. I'd be like, oh, it's so good to hear her voice. And, and sometimes they would just be short conversations, right? We would update each other on our day and, and just reaffirm our love for one another and then uh, I could go about my business. Like I felt complete. I felt satisfied at that time. Other times, we'd have longer conversations. Sometimes they'd go on for hours, and we would talk about everything and nothing at all. 
Can anybody relate to that? Does that bring back some fond memories, maybe for some of you ancient people in the room or watching online? Well, I think that prayer and learning to pray continually is a lot like that. If we're going to have a strong relationship with God, we need to have strong communication with him. And strong communication requires both parties to talk and both parties to listen. Both parties talk, both parties listen, and it needs to be regular communication, open, honest communication. Otherwise, the relationship suffers, doesn't it? Communication is critical. And so I liken it to that. Now, um, I think it may be helpful here to consider how do you view prayer? Like when I'm talking about praying continually to God, talking to him, listening to him, being ready to respond to him throughout the day, does that sound more like a chore to you or a joy? When you think about listening to God, does your heart skip a beat a little bit? Because if it doesn't, then, then maybe we need to be honest with ourselves and consider whether we truly are in Christ Jesus, if we are in a loving relationship with him. Because if we see talking to him, listening to him as a chore instead of a joy, if, if we don't feel any sense of anticipation, any kind of excitement, then maybe we're not in that relationship. And here's the thing, perhaps you recognize that I'm not, but I desire to be. And if you desire to be, I have good news for you because I know the will of God for you because he makes it very clear right here. He wants to be in a relationship with you. He's longing for that relationship. He's longing to talk to you. He's longing to hear from you. All you have to do is swipe right, pick up the phone, call him up. Like, he is longing to be in a relationship with you. You do not have to question that. He makes it abundantly clear right here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. So, again, as you consider your prayer life, the first thing we have to establish is that we're in a relationship with him. And for that relationship to be healthy, there needs to be ongoing, consistent communication, open, honest communication. And that should bring us joy and a sense of excitement that the God of the universe is longing to talk to us. So there's a relational aspect to the why we pray. But there's also a revelational, a revelational side of prayer. You see, through prayer, God reveals his will for us. He reveals his will for us. He also um, does that in a number of different ways. One, clearly, um, he does it through prayer, but he also does it through his word. And there's two real different types of revelation here of God's will. So I believe God has a general will that, that encompasses all of us, all that are here, all that are watching online, all that are outside these walls. He has a general will for our lives, but then he also has a specific will for our lives as well, something that is unique to each and every one of us, a general will, a specific will. 
So how does he reveal his will to us? Well, generally speaking, he does it through his word. So if you want to know the will of God, you have to know the word of God. This is his revealed will, his revealed will. If you do not know this, you will never fully know God's will. You will not know his nature or his character because it's revealed right here in the most general of senses. So if you start in the beginning, you'll see God's nature, his will revealed to you. He reveals it in a number of different ways. He, he reveals his general will through the commandments. Think about the Ten Commandments. They reveal the general will of God for all mankind, for all mankind. He also reveals his general will for us through his decrees. Think about this. If you want to know what God thinks, what his will is with regard to marriage or divorce, sexuality, it's in his word. He reveals his will to us right here. If you want to know his will for, for business partnerships, leadership, for um, conflict resolution, we can go on and on. It's in here. He reveals his will to us in a general sense right here in his word. Here's what you have to understand. You cannot divorce his word and his will from prayer. They have to go hand in hand. You need to know his word if you're going to fully understand and embrace his will for your life. So there's a general aspect to that. But then there's also a specific side of that as well. That specifically, God has a, a unique will for your life that nobody else can fulfill. It is unique to you. And the only way you discover that is through prayer, through talking to him and listening to him. Now, one thing you have to understand, and, and a lot of people, a lot of people that I've encountered who, who claim to be in Christ Jesus, in a relationship with Jesus, who are supposedly followers of Jesus, miss this point. His specific will for your life should never be in conflict with his revealed general will. They should never be in conflict with one another. So if you think God's telling you to do something that is contrary to what he clearly outlines here, that is not his will. You are mishearing something, okay? It's critical that you understand that. Now, with that said, one of the reasons we pray it's because we're in relationship with him, and through that relationship, he wants to reveal what his specific will is for each and every one of our lives. And that affects what we do and who we do it with. He wants to reveal that to you. It also reflects our feelings. And what are we to do with those feelings? How do we respond to those feelings? So there's a unique, specific will of God for you. And that's why it's critical that we learn to pray without ceasing, because he's looking to reveal that to you throughout the day, every day. Remember what we talked about last week. He cares so much about us that he wants to talk to us about anything and everything, anywhere and everywhere, at any time, all the time. That's God's will for you. That's why prayer is so important 
and to learn to pray continually, to be always listening and ready to respond. Always listening and ready to respond. So um, we see, again, general revelation and his word. You can't divorce prayer from the word. We see specific revelation, us not just talking to him, us listening to him. It's critical. So that's what we see, that all of this is supposed to take place in the context of a relationship with God. We cannot know the general or the specific will of God apart from that relationship. We have to establish that first. Now, one of the beautiful things about prayer is that it changes us. It changes us. And God intends to use this prayer, this continual prayer, to change us. You see, he doesn't want us to just know about a relationship with him. He wants us to be in a relationship with him. That's what changes us. That's what changes us. See, he, he doesn't just reveal his will to us. He, he, he wants us to embrace his will, to do his will. And he wants to transform our nature to be the same nature as that of Jesus Christ. He wants to reveal his will to us so that we might live out his will in our lives. He wants to change our nature so that we might embrace and, and, and embody his nature, the nature of Jesus Christ. God's will is for us to live and to love and to lead like Jesus. That's not a work that we have to do. It's somebody that we become because he begins to transform us. The power of prayer changes us. God changes us through prayer and through his word, his revealed word. Critical that we grasp this. Again, we can't separate his word, his general will, from prayer. They have to go together. Now, I was thinking about, I love illustrations. I, I find them helpful if you haven't figured that out. And um, I, I was thinking about prayer and how I think it's similar to breathing. This idea of praying continually, I believe, is similar to breathing. Think about it this way. How many um, like occasional breathers do we have in here? Anybody just breathe occasionally? Like when you think about it, you breathe. There's no occasional breathers in the room, are there? Because if you're an occasional breather, you're dead, right? I mean, that's just how it works out. You, you can't breathe occasionally. You have to breathe continually. That's what sustains you. That is the source of life. Now, God is the giver of life. Jesus Christ came and he said, I came to give you life and life to the full, life in abundance. He even said he was the word made flesh. You know, we see all of this in Jesus Christ. And so I think prayer has a lot to do with breathing. Now, if we were to um, take a, a serious look at our prayer lives, I wonder how healthy they are. I wonder how healthy our prayer lives are. Do we have a healthy rhythm of praying continually? Just like we need to have a healthy rhythm of breathing continually. I'm afraid some of us would examine our prayer lives and it would 
look like we're on a respirator. That God is doing all the breathing for us. I'm afraid our prayer lives would look like we're on a respirator. We can't breathe on our own or we're not breathing on our own. We're just relying on God to do the breathing for us. I th think others of us might um, resemble one of those free divers. You ever watch those free divers? So they, they have just developed this great lung capacity. And so they get this deep breath and then they dive deep, deep down into the water. Sometimes hundreds of feet deep. And, and they hold on to this breath, and, and they're trying to accomplish all these different things, and then eventually they've got to resurface because they're desperate for air. And so they get another breath, and they're ready to go, and they dive deep. And I think some of us are like free divers, right? We, we, we get a deep breath of God. We pray, and then we go, and we try to do everything in our own strength until we just run out of energy, until we run out of air, and then we're forced to resurface and get another breath. You know, I think the better picture of what our prayer lives should look like is really those, those deep sea divers. I don't know if you have a picture of this in your mind, but growing up, we used to watch like Jacques Cousteau, and they're always exploring the sea. Anybody remember that? And they would have these deep sea diver kind of suits, and they had these helmets on there, and on the, connected to the helmet was this tube that, that would connect um, the helmet, fill it with oxygen, but also connect to this large tank of oxygen up above. And when they were hooked up, they could go and go and go, and they had the freedom to explore the depths of the seas without fear because they could breathe in and breathe out because they had an ongoing, continual supply of oxygen. They had this lifeline, if you will, to this great tank up above. And so they could explore things that no other human had ever seen or explored. While other people were content with sitting on the seashore, they were going deep on this adventure with God, exploring all of his creation. And I think that's more of a picture of what our lives should look like, that we should be able to breathe in and breathe out without fear, experiencing complete freedom. And I think one of the ways that we do that, so we breathe in. We breathe in God's word. We read it. We take it in. We understand his will. And then the way we breathe out is we do it. We do it. We live out God's will for our lives. We breathe it in, and then we breathe it out by what we say and more importantly, by what we do. One of the ways that we breathe in is through prayer. We breathe in from God as we listen to him, as we listen to him, and he instructs us about what his specific will is for our lives. We breathe it in, and then we breathe it out by the way we live in obedience to that. We're always listening, ready to respond. We have to develop this healthy, Prayer life, praying continually, breathing in God's word, God's will, God's ways, God's nature, and breathing it out as we become all of those things. Breathe in and breathe out, continually praying to God. So how's your prayer life look? 
Do you have a healthy rhythm to your life? Uh, are you regularly breathing in God's word? Are you spending time listening to God, breathing in his instructions? Did you, then do you have a healthy rhythm of, of breathing out, of living these things out? When you come to God in prayer, when you're doing the talking and the listening, remember, healthy communication requires both. You need to talk, but you need to listen. Is, is your prayer life, like if we were to record it, is just you expelling carbon dioxide the whole time? Like you were just telling God what you think he needs to do, and then you don't spend any time listening for what he says you should do? See, because I think that's true of a lot of us. We, we, we're very good at telling God what we think he should do. And we are just breathing out. But we don't take the time to breathe in. You have to be still. You have to learn to be quiet, to listen. To listen for his still, small voice. To know when he's speaking and to know when he's not. To know when he's revealing his specific will for your life. Breathe in breathe out. I think we all need to get more intentional about praying continually. Why? Because God wants to have a relationship with us. And to have a healthy relationship, we got to have healthy communication, two-way, open, honest, consistent. We need to listen to his will as revealed in a general sense through his word. We need to respond to that will. We need to listen to his will specifically for each and every one of our lives. Then we need to respond accordingly. But I think we need to get more intentional until our prayer life becomes like breathing to us. Like, do you guys think that you need to breathe in and breathe out? Probably the only time you think about it is when the doctor says breathe in and breathe out, right? You do it naturally. That's how our prayer lives can be and should be. But I think we're going to have to get a little more intentional. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you that your will is for us to be prayerful people, that you want us to pray continually. Why? Because you love us. You want to be in relationship with us, and you want to reveal to us your will, your ways, your nature. Lord, may we breathe that in. May we breathe that in and then breathe it out through our thoughts, our words, and our actions. Thank you, Lord, that that's your will, that you love us like that. We pray it all in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.